0: good morning michigan steve basden coming to you live this morning from Ludington, michigan we want to thank everybody for tuning in we want to thank wham radio for the opportunity to go live down there in ann arbor this is the first broadcast we've had down in that area so it's going to be a special broadcast we're going to be doing a lot of explaining we're going to be taking the time to explain things go through things talk about why there's another guy on here talking about religion. Um, you know, the world already has so many religions in it. What's this guy have to offer? Personally, the only thing I have to offer is what the Bible says. That's what this program is all about. That's what we are set up to do. I'm not going to give you what I think. I'm not going to give you what I feel. I'm not going to tell you what my opinion is. I'm going to give you book, chapter, and verse for everything we're saying and doing this morning. We want to prove all things. We want to hold fast to that which is good. The only way we can do that is by comparing it to the Word of God. Jesus would say in John chapter 17, verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. That's what we want, that's all we want. We believe that church is not Burger King, it's not have it your way, it's not biggie size me, it's not hold the ketchup, give me extra mayonnaise, no pickles please. God designated church, one church, and that's the church that we're all about. We want to find that church in the Bible, we want to be that church in the Bible, and if you're listening this morning for the first time, I encourage you, call your friends, call your family, call your pastors. They all need a dose of this. We all need a dose of the truth. It's out there. All we have to do is rightly divide it, put it in its proper context, apply it to our lives. Are you ready to go on this adventure and this journey with me? I certainly hope so. Jesus, prayed that we all may be one. Again, my name is Steve Baisden. This program is being brought to you by your friends with the Church of Christ, located at 3816 West Fountain Road, Ludington, Michigan, 49431. My phone number, you can contact me live this morning. I'll take your phone calls, it is 231 425 6044. That's 231 425 6044. Let's get right into it this morning. In Matthew chapter 16, Verse 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus did not come to make a hodgepodge of whateverness, of whatever your feelings feel like. That's okay. That's what you can do. That's what you can believe. That's what the world has taught us. That's what the world has given us in accepting that It doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. It only matters what I feel. May I say at the onset of this broadcast that your feelings will get you into trouble. People feel like getting drunk. They go out and they do it. People feel like missing work and they do it and they get in trouble. People feel all kinds of emotions. They, they feel like sometimes going out and, and having an affair on their wife because it feels good and, and it just feels right. And they know that this person has been sent into their lives at this time for some reason. And, and they're feeling they're, they're, they're being led by their feelings. And your feelings will get you into trouble. Christianity is not, is not. Let me repeat this. Christianity is not a religion of feelings. Christianity is a taught religion religion. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus would say, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go you therefore and teach, uh, preach the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the, of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you all way, even into the end of the world. We are to be taught, we're to become Children of God, through baptism, the Bible teaches. And then we're to continue this learning, teaching process continually. Christianity is a taught religion. We need to walk by faith and not by sight. Now, faith is not some blind leap in the dark. It's not some holy hunch. It's not some godly guess. Faith come up by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. If you want to have a true faith, Your faith has to be grounded upon, founded upon, set upon God's word. Anything other than God's word is not a true biblical faith. It is a false belief. It is a false idea. So when we take the word of God and the word of God is what gives us God's truths on how to be, how to become a Christian, how to live, what to do, where to do it, how to do things, how can we worship God? All of these things are noted in scripture. When we take scripture and we apply these things to our lives, we're walking by faith. When we start just doing what we feel, we get into trouble every single solitary time. It's not within man's heart that walketh that directs his own steps, that leadeth his own ways. We must do things as God desires it to be done. In John chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus would say that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must get it, folks, must, must worship him in spirit and in truth. There's not many ways. There's not multiple ways. There's not many Christian faiths that are all correct, that are all okay. There's not many different paths to heaven. You choose yours. I'll choose mine. I'm walking by some blind leap in the dark, or I feel this, or I feel that. No, no, no. We can know the truth. The truth can set us free. In John chapter eight, verse 31, Jesus would say, if you continue in my words, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, there the apostle of love, John the apostle, would write, Hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I knoweth him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it's as easy as 1, 2, 3. Hereby, we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. First John, second chapter, third verse. This program is a teaching program. It is about intellect. We learn what God wants from us. We learn what God's will is for us. We learn God's truths, and then we act upon those truths. When we act upon those truths, that's when we should feel good about it. When we're acting any other way and claiming to be religious, we should not feel good about it. We should only feel good when we have God's approval for it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 18, the apostle Paul would write, It's not he which commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth is approved. Folks, if you cannot be commended by the Lord and you do that through his word, then you're not approved. I don't care how many times you tell yourself you're saved. I don't care how many times you tell yourself you're okay. I don't care how many times you pat yourself on the back and say, well, it's all right. You know, not everybody can be perfect. You can make all the excuses in the world you want. But until God says it, it's not a reality in your life. Now, God sent his son to die. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He loves the world, he loves you, he loves me, he doesn't want you to perish. Do you know, let's take a moment, let's think about this same God, which is the same God yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews chapter 13 tells us. This same God of yesterday loved Noah. This same God of yesterday loved the world that Noah was in. He hated the sin, he hated what was going on, but he loved the people, he wanted them to repent, he wanted them to be saved. So he tells Noah, Noah, there's coming a time when I need to make an end of things because the world has gotten so bad, I'm going to destroy it, but I want you to build an ark, Noah, and I want you to continue to preach the gospel to people. Gospel's the good news of God. There's a way out of this destruction. There's a way out of God's wrath. There's a way out. There's a way we can be saved from it. So he tells Noah, I want you to build an ark. I want you to make it 100 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits tall. I want you to thatch it in and out with, with thatching. I want there to be one door on this ark. I want there to be one window, and I want you to build it, Noah. Now, folks, God loved Noah. Same God we have today. Noah Noah had to build the ark. If he did not build that ark, he would have bubbled till there were no more bubbles. That ark was the life saving vessel for all of mankind. The ark, if you were not on that ark, you would have drowned. Noah prepared the ark and he was saved by faith. God speaks, man hears, man obeys. That's how faith works. God speaks for faith come up by hearing, hearing by the word of God, man hears, man obeys. Without those three things, we're all in big trouble. Now, what you are obeying, what you are believing, what you are doing is a whole nother set of circumstances. The Bible teaches us, however, that just as it was in Noah's day, We have a very similar situation now with the church. Just like the ark that saved Noah back in those days, saved everybody that was on it from God's wrath, God has provided us a quote unquote, quote unquote, ark today, that is the church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Matthew chapter 16, Verse 18. Jesus did not say, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna die and I'm gonna give my life so that anybody can develop any kind of religious thought and ideology they want. And there can be thousands and thousands of quote unquote different Christian religions out there, and they're all okay, and they're all good, and as long as there's good people, they're gonna be okay. Jesus never said no such a thing. Ever. he said, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He said, no man cometh unto the father, but by me in John chapter 14, Jesus was very explicit. He said, I am the door and anyone that tries to enter in any other way, the same is a thief and a robber in John chapter 10. There is no other way except Jesus. And Jesus only gave one way and he only gave one church. About 20 years ago, up here in Ludington, Michigan, we were going to have a gospel meeting, and I wanted to invite everyone I could, including the my denominational friends. They're my friends. I love them. I care for them. I want them to know the truth. They are in grave error. They are they are mistaken in the religious ideology. But nevertheless, I love them. I care for them. I want to share the truth with them. So I got out my yellow pages and I looked up the word churches in my local Yellow Pages up here in Ludington. I was shocked to find there was over 200 different organizations calling themselves churches in this small little community up here in Ludington, Michigan. Over 200 different quote unquote churches in the Yellow Pages. If you were to look worldwide, there's thousands and thousands of different organizations calling themselves the church calling themselves Christians, calling them, saying that they have the way of truth. They have the truth of life. They have the way of salvation. Their way of worshiping is correct. The truth is, folks, if it is different than how it was in the Bible, it is not the church of Christ that we have in the Bible that Jesus said, I will build. It's something different. It's something developed by man. It's man made, not God made. The purpose of this program is to bring you the truth of how to recognize this beautiful church, how to find this church, how to worship, how, how you can see it and how you can know it. It's not a holy hunch. It's not a godly guess. It's, it's not some blind leap in the dark. Jesus brought his church into existence. He brought it into existence. It is not a building. It is not a physical structure with bricks and mortar and windows and a blacktop parking lot. It is not that. In Luke chapter 20, verses 20 and 21, the Pharisees demanded of Jesus, demanding him, saying, where's this kingdom, Jesus? When is it coming? And Jesus said this the kingdom cometh not with observation. Neither can they say, lo here or lo there, for the kingdom is within you. Now you may be asking right now why I'm bringing up the kingdom. Because the kingdom is the church. And let's go back to Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19 now. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give thee, Peter, The keys of this kingdom, the keys of the kingdom. Wow. Jesus is building his church. He's giving Peter the keys to open the entranceway into it, and he calls it the kingdom. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, there the apostle Paul would write to those who were Christians that they had been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. They were in the kingdom 2,000 years ago. Now, Jesus said that that kingdom cometh not with observation. It's not a physical type of thing. He would say that the kingdom dwells within you. How does the kingdom dwell within you? If it's a spiritual thing and not a physical thing, and it is, how in the world does it get within you? Well, in Ephesians chapter 3, there the apostle Paul would write that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. So you have Christ in your hearts by faith, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you don't have God's word in your heart, then you don't have Jesus in your heart. He's not some kind of an afterthought. He's not some kind of an enigma. He's not some kind of a feeling. Jesus dwells in the hearts of men by faith and faith comes by the word of God. May I say this morning, you would not know whether there be any Jesus, the purpose of Jesus or anything really regarding Jesus, if it were not for the Bible. The Bible explains who he is, where he came from, why he came, when he died, why he died, when he returned. All of the things we need to know pertaining to our salvation has been given to us through the word of God. And that's how you get him into your heart. But when he gets into your heart, he comes with his kingdom, which also is not a physical thing. Jesus is real, just like the kingdom is real. Jesus is here now, just like the kingdom is here now. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, 1 Timothy chapter 6. And if you want Jesus in your heart, then you must you must, you must have him there by faith, which comes through the word of God. So let's get back to my dilemma that I had some 20 years ago when I opened up my yellow pages and I found all of these different churches. And I'm looking at all these different churches and I stopped and I asked myself, how in the world did this happen? Why? in the world is this this way? Why is there a church on almost every single corner? And I use the church accommodatively, the word church uh, accommodatively in quotation marks. Are they all the Church of Christ? Are they all doing what Christ asked them to do? Are they all teaching the same thing in order to be saved? You must do this, or or you don't have to do anything? I mean, like 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 Billy Graham said, he, he said it a lot on live TV, you don't even have to know the name of Jesus Christ to be saved. Can you believe that bunch of garbage? And can you believe all the followers that Billy Graham has? And his son, Franklin Graham, now has gone on perpetrating the same bunch of baloney. You don't even have to know the name of Jesus Christ to be saved, he said, because God's brought the gospel into all the world and and he loves the world and thereby you're saved. That's universalism. That means Christ is not in your heart because Billy Graham has got atheists going to heaven because you don't even have to know the name of Jesus. He's got Muslims going to heaven. He's got pagans going to heaven. He's got people, he's got devil worshipers going to heaven. You don't even have to know the name. You don't have to know anything. God loves you all. Therefore, he sent the gospel to the whole world and therefore you're all going to be saved. Huh, That's that's the feel good religion. We're back to that, aren't we? Billy Graham was a Baptist minister. The whole world thought very highly of Billy Graham sad to say. Billy Graham was in great, great, great error. How did that come? How did that happen? I don't believe, now he said that later in his years, I do not believe for one moment he would have said that earlier on in his ministry when he was a younger man first starting out. I think the fame, I think the fortune, I think the popularity got to him. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life got to him. He kept wanting to expand more and more, and appeal to more and more people. And as, if if you go out there, like I'm doing, like I'm going to be doing, if you'll if you'll stay with me for the next couple months, you're gonna you're gonna learn things and see things. If you're actually out here to tell the truth, the people today do not want the truth. They don't want to hear it. I will lose a majority of this audience because I will not deviate from the truth. People will hate on me. People will laugh at me. People will make fun of me and that's okay by me. I really don't care what people think of me. The Apostle Paul said it is a small thing for me to be judged of you. That's how I feel about it. Billy Graham, on the other hand, the Pope, all these up, uh, Benny Hinn, what was what this 700 Club stuff? Pat Robertson and all these guys, all these jokers, they're out there for the fame, they're out there for the popularity, they're out there trying to get the masses to love on them, to appreciate them, to be with them. And that's not what this program is about. We're going to tell you what Jesus would say, that wide and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go there and that because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to life. And few there be that find it. So we have the Billy Graham enigma going on in our world today. We have the feeling enigma going on in the world today. Well, honey, if it feels good, it must be right. Just go ahead and roll with it and go with it and do it because, you know, it's all about what you feel, right? Wrong, wrong. The apostle Paul felt a certain way and Paul was condemned over it and he had to change. He had to repent. He had to become a Christian. He had to deny what was wrong and accept what was right in his life. And you, my friends, are no exception to this rule, to this law. And we are under a law today. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the doctrine of Jesus Christ. And John would write in 2 John chapter 9, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Did you get that? Whosoever abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Now that's pretty simple. The Apostle Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So we're looking at the yellow pages and we're seeing all these thousands of religions. And we know it's not a physical building now. We know it's a, a spiritual kingdom. We know it's a spiritual church. We know it's a spiritual thing. But it does exist in a in a physical way at the same time. We must gather together. We must give as God has prospered us. We need to partake of the communion. We need to pray together and sing together and learn together. Those things are are part of our physical realm right now as well. So how in the world can we identify it? How can we find it? Isn't that a good question? Why are there so many different churches? Let me tell you right now, and I say this just as kindly as I know how, but if you are a Baptist, and someone were to ask you, are you a Catholic? You would say, absolutely not. I'm not a Catholic. I'm a Baptist. I know you would do that. If you're a Catholic and somebody asks you, are you a Mormon? You're going to say, absolutely not. I'm a Catholic. Whatever you are, religiously speaking, you usually, normally the average person has a conviction to it because they believe that that is the right religion. They don't go to the, their churches because they think it's the wrong religion. They go to their churches because they think it's the right religion. What makes it right? What makes it wrong? Well, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. God's word is what determines what is right or what is wrong. In First John chapter 4, verse 1, John would write, brethren, beloved, Try the spirits, whether they be of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. We're to put these spirits to the test. We're going we're going to try them. Well, what does that mean? How are we to try them? In the book of Titus, chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, the apostle Paul said that we are to put them to the test to try them by sound doctrine. We are to put them to the test by means of the New Testament, by the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Because John wrote, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. So we have this great dilemma still before us. Who is right? Who is wrong? Why are there all these divisions? Well, we've discussed Billy Graham. We've looked at some of his motives. What I believe, my opinion on these things is, I believe that the pride of life got to him. I believe that your pastors are not unlike Billy Graham. I believe they want a pat on the back. They want you to smile at them. They want you to put a little more money in the collection plate. They want your support. They want you to promote them. Now, if they tell you you're living a life of sin, if they tell you you're wrong and you've got to change, the average person's gonna say, hey man, I'm going somewhere else. I'm not hanging around here. This guy, all this guy wants to do is tell me how I'm a sinner and what I need to do to get right. And listen, he's going to lose you. He's going to lose you. We don't play those games. We're going to tell you straight up what's right, according to the Bible, what sin is, how it comes, how to deal with it. All these particulars can be found in Scripture. But right now, The topic at hand is, how can we find the church? If it's not a physical building, if it's not a physical kingdom, if it's not a physical place, how in the world can we find it? We can find it through God's word. God's word describes it. God's word places emphasis upon it to such a degree that we should not miss it. It tells us how to become a part of the the church. It tells us how to be saved. It tells us what to do after we're saved, where to worship, when to worship, how to worship, how to conduct our lives when we're not at church, when we're living in our daily lives from day to day. Can we act like the world? Can we be like the world? Or should we be more Christ-like? We can identify God's people and God's church through the word. And I'm not talking about any word. The Quran will not save anyone. Muhammad is not my savior. He's still dead and buried over in Mecca. And according to his religion, if you're a Muslim, you've got to go to Mecca and visit his gravesite before you die if you want to make your great pilgrimage into heaven. Well, Jesus rose from the dead. He doesn't have a gravesite you can go and visit. Muhammad and the Muslim religion is in great error. They cannot be saved unless they repent and turn to Christ. We have Billy Graham. We have the Pope thinking he's Christ, which he's not, leading thousands and thousands and millions, perhaps, of people astray, going the wrong way. We have the Muslim religion. We have all the—how do I know they're in error? Because of what the Bible teaches me. When I read it, I can see certain things are right and certain things are wrong. You know, in Matthew chapter 7, right there where Jesus said— that wide and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there's going to be many going that way. And he said, straight and narrow is the gate, is the way that leads to heaven, and few there be that find it. (coughs) Excuse me. Right there in that set of passages, Jesus said, we can know the false teachers and the evildoers, we can know them by their fruits. Now, folks, that makes us fruit inspectors. If I can know them, by their fruits, then I need to be inspecting the fruit. I'm a fruit inspector. What am I going to be comparing it to? In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, the apostle Paul would say that we are to compare spiritual things and spiritual words with spiritual. Now, if you think your church is a spiritual institution, then you need to be comparing it with other spiritual things. But now, wait a minute, hang on. What is the most accurate, the most real the most trustworthy, what is the ultimate source for spiritual words? It's the Bible. For us today, in particular, it's our New Testaments. So we're to get our New Testaments and we're to compare churches, religions, ideologies, theologies, thoughts. We're to compare those things which are claiming to be spiritual to that which is spiritual And the greatest spiritual source on this planet is the Holy Bible. When we do that, and only when we do that, can we find the truth and the correct religion. Again, Christianity is not like Burger King. It's not have it your way. It's not biggie size me. Give me extra cheese and hold the mayonnaise, please. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. It's gonna contain the truth, and you've got to worship in spirit and in truth if you want to worship God. And if you don't, you're in trouble, because no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So, let's take some words from Jesus from John chapter 17. In John chapter 17, verse 20, I want you to listen. This is a part of Jesus' prayer in John 17. He says, neither pray I for these alone, referring to the apostles, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Belief on Jesus comes through the word of the apostles, through the word of the New Testament writings. Listen what he continues to say, verse 21. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Now, people, let's just be honest. Hang on here one second. Are all the Christian faiths and religions of the world one? Are they all one? That's ridiculous to say that. It's the most splintered up bunch of mangled up, messed up, chaotic mess I've ever seen in my life. Every single one saying they have the truth. Every single one dividing themselves from others. Did you know? that people are investing billions and billions and billions of dollars to build new church buildings to separate themselves from other peoples, from other religions? Did you know they're spending billions of dollars on, on their signs that they put outside the church? And those signs tell a story. Those signs tell who they are. They want you to know when you pull up in front of their new nice building that they've divided themselves from the rest of the world. They go to this particular place to teach this particular doctrine, and their sign depicts who they are and what they are doing and what they are saying. That's what the signs do. That's what the buildings do. It causes and is creating the religious division that we have in the world today. That's what they're doing. If you were to ask a devout Catholic to go to the Baptist church, to change his religion and go to the Baptist church, he would say, no, I can't do that. Same with the Baptists, same with the Lutherans, same with the Mormon, et cetera, et cetera. They would not change because they believe that what they are practicing now is correct or they wouldn't be doing it. (coughs) Now, all of the New Testament, all of it, is written so that we can understand the right way it's written giving the churches of Ephesus and Galatia and Thessalonica and the seven churches of Asia all these churches this written to correct what they were thinking to correct what they've been doing to correct what they've been saying so that they can know the right way I'm nothing but a, uh, a simple messenger I try to be as honest as I can be. That's all I claim to be. By the way, folks, I don't claim to be smart. I don't claim to be a genius. I'm not a know-it-all. My only claim is that I want to be honest. I want. That's it. I want to be honest. And if you would like to call us, 231-425-6044. That's 231-425-6044. Let's get back onto this topic now. Uh, because, man, this is this is so major, You you, you shouldn't miss this. These churches that exist, exist because they wanna be divided from each other because they have a different scheme or plan of how to be saved, of what proper or true Christianity is. In Ephesians chapter four, beginning verse four, the apostle Paul wrote, there is one body and one spirit, even as you're called and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Did you get that folks? Let me repeat it. Ephesians 4, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One what? One faith? Yep. One what? One, one baptism? Yep. You, you mean there's only one body? What, what, what does that mean? What is the one body? In Ephesians chapter 1, just a few words earlier, the Apostle Paul wrote that Jesus Christ is the head of the body, which is the church. Now, if there's one body and the body is the church, Paul says there's one church. He would say that in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. What is the body, Paul? It's the church. The church is the body. The body is the church. There's only one of them. Well, all right, I get it. There's only one. Jesus said, I will build my church. How do we identify it? Paul's giving us help here. There's only one faith one system of faith. There's not many. There's only one baptism. There's not many. Let's just take baptism just for a moment. Let's take baptism just for a moment, folks. Did you know there are hundreds of different baptisms practiced in the quote-unquote Christian religions that we have around us in the world today? Hundreds, hundreds. Paul said there is one. Now, I'm going to give you a couple snippets of this real quick, okay? The Catholics baptize little tiny babies, little tiny babies. They say they have to do that because until they're baptized, they're not saved. And then when they go on to get about 11 or 12 years old, then they can make their confession of belief. That is the Catholic system of salvation. That's how they do it. The Baptists, the Lutherans, and many others— The vast majority of all the rest, they say, no, 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 that's not right. You have to believe first. And after you believe, then you're saved. And then you can go on later and get baptized. You see, they have the order reversed. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So I say the Catholics are wrong in their baptism. I say the Baptists are wrong in their baptism. I say the rest of the world that believes it differently is wrong in their baptism. And I'm gonna take the one that the Bible says is there. The Bible says that baptism is for the remission of sins, for the adult, for the adult that has heard the truth, is ready to repent of his sins, have his sins removed, and enter into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You can find that in Acts 2.38. Acts twenty two sixteen. 16. You can find that in Galatians three twenty eight, 28. In Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 6. It's all throughout the New Testament. Jesus said it in John chapter 3, verse 5. You must be born again, except a man, a man be born again of the water and the spirit. He cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said it is imperative, it is essential. You must be baptized. Go you therefore and teach all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you all the way, even to the end of the world. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Now, friends, I want you to stop and I want you to think for a moment. Jesus' words, the words of the New Testament, are the standard of truth sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth, that we all may be one through their word. Right? If Jesus said a man must be born again and he must repent first, it's for the remission of sins so that he can enter the kingdom of Christ, the church of Christ, and that's when you become a Christian. And The Baptists say, no, you become a Christian just at the point of belief. Who's right? Who's correct? Who's telling you the truth? If the Bible says that a person must believe before they can be baptized, and the Catholics are baptizing, they call it a baptism, it's just a sprinkling, it's just a pouring of of something they call holy water after they make the sign of the cross over it, and they they rub some of their incense on it or say the hokey pokey stuff they want to do, and they sprinkle this on a baby, they say, oh, that baby's been baptized. Number one, no. Baptism, the motive of baptism is immersion in water for the remission of sins. But number two, Philip told the eunuch in Acts chapter 8 that if a person did not believe, they were not to be baptized. Do you get it? How can a little infant, tiny baby be baptized if he can't believe? Philip the evangelist, sent by the Holy Spirit to talk to the eunuch, the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, verses 31 through 37. The eunuch said, What would hinder me from being baptized? Philip taught him Jesus. The very next verse, it says, see, here's water. What would hinder me? What would stop me from being baptized? Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And upon that confession of faith in Christ, they both went down into the water. Philip baptized him. And when he came up out of the water, it's a burial. It's an immersion. That's when he rejoiced. He went away rejoicing. <laughs> totally different than what the denominational world teaches totally different than the vast vast majority of the quote unquote churches you see in the yellow pages and that you're driving past this morning on your way to your denominations which are not in the bible by the way and by the way just a little tidbit just just a little just a little snippet of some more in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, the Apostle Paul wrote, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's that, Steve? What did he say? In Colossians three seventeen, the Apostle Paul would say, And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, okay, I get it. So I think... I think what I'll do is I'm going to build this church building, and we're going to do it in the name of John the Baptist. We're going to put the Baptist church up there. Paul said do it in the name of Jesus. Oh, okay, I get it now. We're going to put Luther's name up there, the Lutheran church. No, no, no. Paul said do it in the name of Jesus. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I've been mis- I'm, I'm going I'm to put the community church on there now. People, did the community die for you? Did the community come and live a perfect life and go to the cross and pay the price that you couldn't pay and rise from the dead for you? Are you going there to worship the community? What in the world is wrong with people today? Why can't they see past the end of their noses? The Bible says there is one faith. There is one church. There is one baptism. There is one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you've got a different church, you've got a different Jesus. If you've got a different baptism, you've got a different Jesus. If you've got a different church, you've got a different Jesus. They all stand or they all fall together. If you can have one different, then you can have them all different. And I'm gonna tell you right here and right now, Jesus did not die for no cause and for no reason. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, the apostle Paul would right there that Jesus Christ gave his blood to purchase the church of Jesus Christ, to purchase the church of God. He gave his blood to purchase the church. It cost Jesus his life to bring us the church. And today, what do we do? We just flip a coin and say, oh, I think I'll go here, I'll go there. Oh, I like the way this one looks. Oh, this one's closer to my house. Well, here's what I do. I go to the one where my mechanic goes because he gives me 20% off my, my auto repairs because we go to the same church. Oh, I get it. You know, I've had people come and visit us and they've said, I'm just looking for a church that suits and fits me. Oh, you are? Yes, I'm looking for a special feeling. I, I'm looking for a special ambiance. I'm looking for something that's that's very different, uh, that, that appeals to me. And I always ask this same question when I hear that kind of thing. Why aren't you looking for the church and searching for the church that Jesus said he would build? Why don't you conform your attitude to the Lord's, instead of trying to force him into your attitude. You know, Leviticus chapter 10, Moses told Aaron, he told Aaron that God said, I will be sanctified by them who come near unto me. Sanctify means to set apart as holy. You just can't approach God any way you want. You just can't say, hey, old man up there. Hey, are you listening up there, buddy palsers? Hey, you, big guy up there in the sky, I'm talking to you. What kind of an irrelevant, uh, irreverent, flippant, debaucherous type of attitude is that? God's not going to hear that. In fact, the Bible says God heareth not sinners' prayers. All these people running around the world telling you just say the sinners' prayers, all they're doing is giving you a bunch of hooey. In John chapter 9, the Bible says that God, we know that God heareth not sinners' prayers, but then if any man doeth his will, him he heareth. Now, people, something's wrong. Somebody's giving you a message, say the sinner's prayer, but the Bible says God won't hear that prayer. Something's wrong. I'm here to tell you there's a right way. I'm here to tell you there's a good way. I'm here to tell you there's a way that the Bible says there is. Can you handle the truth? Will you handle the truth? I'm here to tell you not all these religions that claim to be Christian are what they're claiming to be. That's the message this morning. There's thousands and thousands of them. How can you recognize them? You recognize them through what they're saying, what they're practicing, what they're doing. Man, the first giveaway is the sign in the front yard. Uh, oh yeah, we're the Mormon Church. We're yeah, we're, we follow Joseph Smith. You know that the, the guy who was uh, who got arrested for marrying an eleven-year-old girl and was thrown in prison in Indiana and shot while trying to escape. That guy. That's the religion we follow. Huh? Wow. No, no, thank you. I think I'll stick with the Bible. Now listen to me, folks. In First Corinthians chapter one, verse ten. First 1 Corinthians one ten. Paul wrote. Now I beseech you, brethren by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. People, let that sink and burn deep. Paul said, I'm begging you in the name of Jesus Christ, no greater authority, no higher entity can anyone appeal to than that of Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing now the Catholics are not speaking what the Baptists are speaking. The Baptists are not speaking what the Jehovah's Witnesses are speaking. The Mormons aren't speaking what the Methodists are speaking. The community church and all these non-denominational claptrap type of places are all just saying, "What well, doesn't matter. And whatever you feel in your heart. Uh, well, you, as long as you believe." Listen the. Devils believe and tremble, James chapter 2 says. There's more to to being a Christian than just belief. And sinner's prayer will not get you anywhere, anywhere. God heareth not sinner's prayers, John chapter 9. You must hear hear the word of God. You've got to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You must believe. He that believeth not shall be damned. You must repent of your sins. Nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. You must confess Jesus before man, except you confess me before God the Father, I shall in no wise, excuse me, except you confess me before man, I shall in, in no wise confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. And you must be born again of the water and of the spirit, which is baptism. And the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5, there is one baptism. It's not have it your way day. It's not the Catholic way, Baptist way, Methodist way, Lutheran way, or just however you feel way. It's explained in the scripture and we must all speak the same thing that we have no divisions among us but that we be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. My plea to you, my my heartfelt devotion and prayer to God for you this morning is that you wake up, you you realize that the world's Full of false teachings and error, but there is a right way. There is a good way. There is one way and only one way that can save humanity, and that way is through the gospel of Jesus Christ, believing that he is the Son of God, risen from the dead, serving as my King of kings and Lord of lords, and him and him only, and his ways and his ways only will I follow, because there's only one body and one spirit, even as you're called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There's not many like the denominational world would have you believe. There's not many. Listen, it reminds me of America today. It's what it puts me in mind of. We read the Constitution and you got 50 million people saying, well, I interpret that differently. Uh, How can you interpret the Second Amendment any differently than a right to bear arms shall not be infringed upon? Don't infringe upon my right to bear arms. But people do that same thing with the Bible. They say, oh, well, I interpret that. Di-. How can you interpret it differently when the apostle Peter said, baptism doth also now save us? How can you interpret it differently when Peter would say on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins? How can you interpret that differently? How can you bring all these different interpretations to the table and say that somehow you're being faithful and you're being right? Right. No wonder our world's falling apart. People are not being honest. And before we can save our country, before we can save our nation, we better start looking at being honest and saving ourselves first. Until we do that, we're all in big trouble. We're all in big, big trouble. In 1 Corinthians chapter four, let's move on with this morning's lesson. I get wound up sometimes. You're gonna find that and that's fine. By the way, my phone number is 231-425-6044. Go get your pastors. Tell them Steve Basden's on. Tell them Steve Basden has come to town. You tell them they're welcome to call me. In fact, we can have a Skype debate session right here. Uh, If they will allow me, I'll buy more airtime. We'll we'll do it publicly. I'll come to your building. We'll have a nice uh, public debate, formatted oral debate. Let's discuss the differences in our religions because the Bible says there's only one correct one. There's only one correct one. That's the only one I want. I would hope that you would want the same. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the verse is number 17. The apostle Paul said that he taught the same thing in every church. He said, for this cause, I sent Timothy, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Paul said, listen, you need to remember what I taught. You need to remember what I said. I went to, he was the apostle of the Gentiles. He went to the entire Gentile world as best he could, traveling from city to city. And he didn't go to one and say, okay, y'all can be Methodists. And go to another and say, y'all can be Lutherans. And go to another and say, you know what, just build a community church. Flip a coin. Do it how you want. He said, listen, you need to remember what I taught you. Because every church needs to teach and believe the same thing. In fact, earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, in verse number 7, he said not to go beyond that which is written. Do not go beyond that which is written. Excuse me, 1 Corinthians 4 verse 6. Don't be puffed up in your own ways. Don't think your own ways are right. Well, what is the right way? What way should we be? What way should we do? Where should we turn? Jesus' way. Jesus' way. Now, friends, If you will continue to stay tuned and follow me on the radio or call me, call me anytime, 231-425-6044, 231-425-6044. We can continue to have good conversations and talk about things. And here's my promise to you. I promise you, I will not tell you what I feel. I will not tell you my opinion. I will not tell you what dream i had last night to prove anything i will tell you exactly what the bible says in context and i will let you determine for yourself how you want to accept it or deny it or how you want to believe i can't tell you that that's up to you i'm not seeking everybody jesus never sought everybody i'm not seeking anyone I, i'm 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 telling you what jesus was seeking Jesus said, few to be the find it. It reminds me of the old Marine Corps saying, we're looking for a few good men. That's virtually what Jesus was saying. He doesn't want the dishonest, doesn't want the hypocritical, doesn't want the liars. He doesn't want those who are fake. He wants those who are honest. That's what the Lord's looking for. If you want to be honest, if you want to learn more, if you want to see more, if you want to learn and grow at a pace you never thought possibly, religiously, spiritually, You'll contact us. We'll be able to help you. You'll be able to help us. We can grow together. That's how the Lord intended it to be. Leave the denominations. Get out of these fake false churches that's all around our neighborhoods today. Get into the church that you can read about in the Bible. Now, I need to continue. We're getting close to the end of this program. You need to understand that the church that is in the Bible is described. I've already described most of it this morning, I don't know if you've caught it or not, but lemme help you some more. The church that you read about in your Bible does not baptize infants. The church that you read about in your Bible does not baptize people who have already been saved. The church that you read about in your Bible does not promote the sinner's prayer. does not say we cannot judge. The church you read about in your Bible does not say you can have it your way. The church that you read about in your Bible says there's only one way, one Lord. One faith, one baptism, and one church. And in that church, one of the greatest fundamental elements of that great institution of the Bible that we can read about and find is the teaching of salvation, how to become born again. Let me read that to you from Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 6. Because, you know, the whole world says oh yeah, I was born again, uh, uh, I believed at this date. No, no. Oh, I was born again, I accepted Christ in my heart at this date. No, no. Oh, I was born again, I said the sinner's prayer. You know, the only problem I have with that is none of those things are in the Bible. That's all man-made hogwash. Let me tell you what the Apostle Paul said about being born again. Are you ready? No, you're not, that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried. we are buried with him by baptism into death, That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. There is the new life. There is where you're born again. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Folks, you're born again at the point of baptism. You must hear the word. You must believe. You must uh, repent of your sins. And repentance is not prayer. Repentance is turning from that which is wrong and doing that which is right and not going back to that which is wrong. You must confess Christ and you must Be baptized in water for the remission of your sins. And any church teaching any other kind of doctrine is not the church you read about in your Bible. The church I read about in my Bible does exactly what I just read in the Bible. It baptizes people for the remission of their sins so that they can then serve God, having crucified their old way of life. What a beautiful story. What a beautiful remedy. What a beautiful, beautiful church that Jesus brought. It is glorified through the word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And if you continue in my words, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That's not about it, friends. That is it. And the message is sure. The message is certain. The message is clear. All the denominations that we have in our communities, they're man-made, fake, and false. And the reason... One of the reasons I'm on in Ann Arbor, Michigan this morning is because it is a cesspool of whateverness, of feelings, of debauchery. Even those claiming to be Christian don't even know how to become Christian. They're going to churches you can't even read about in your Bible, which are not really true churches. And Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except by me. We've gotta be in the body of Christ, which is the Church of Christ, if you wanna be saved. And it's at about this time, somebody will say, Steve, Bazden, are you sure? What, what what, makes you sure? sure? I can't believe. Are you saying that your church is the only one? I'm saying Jesus' church is the only one. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you got to be a part of Jesus' church, not Steve Bazden's. I didn't buy it. I didn't borrow it. I didn't die for it. I just feel privileged enough to be a part of it and to share the message of it with you this morning. I hope your hearts have been opened. I hope your hearts have been touched. I hope it's been opened and touched through the word of God, through something that we've said or done this morning, because that's the only thing that's going to matter when you meet the end of life's way is whether you've been faithful and faith come by hearing the word of God or whether you have not. Let me give you some contact information now. My name is Steve Baisden. That's B-A-I-S-D-E-N. I'm the minister with the Church of Christ in Ludington, Michigan, We meet at 3816 West Fountain Road. That's 3816 West Fountain Road, Ludington, Michigan, 49431. My contact phone number is 231-425-6044. That's 231-425-6044. You can find us on the web. We have a Facebook page, Church of Christ Ludington. We have a website churchofchristluddington.com. It's really easy. All one word, churchofchristluddington.com. You can find us easy. You can email me. Find my email there. My email is yahoo.com. That spirit and life, all spelled out, yahoo.com. I'm not a hard man to contact. You can text me. You can snail mail me. You can email me. You can call me. You, you, you contact me, let's get together. And again, I'm gonna tell you what the Bible says without hesitation, without reservation. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not embarrassed of it. I'm gonna tell you what it says in context. We can have a nice friendly discussion. And if we can do that, and only when we do that, can we be one in Christ. If we, may, if we may know the word, live by the word that the world may know that we are one with Christ because we're living through the word of God and not some tradition of man, not some kind of a holy hunch or godly guess, but through his word. May God bless you, and we'll catch you next time. Y'all have a good one.